episode three of the Please Hustle Responsibly podcast. I'm Matt Cole, and I'm here today with Christina Magro and Christina Veltri, as well as our good friend Jason Vaughn from Nancy's Hustle and Tiny Champions down in Houston, Texas. Uh, and today we're going to talk to him about building out a more ethical work environment for your employees. Uh, but before we hop into that, I just wanted to check in with Christina and Christina about how they're doing and what's going on around here. Christina? Uh, which one? <laughs> uh, Max. <laughs> um, let's see. Last time we talked, we were uh, headed into a shutdown. So mm -hmm. my bar is officially hibernating for the winter um which is fine because that is the safest uh solution for my staff because we don't have any ventilation whatsoever um no windows open and we only have a door um so focusing on the majority of support staff stuff which is always great gives me more time to do something that i feel very passionate about and uh, yeah, I think I'm doing good. I went to Michael's the other day and uh, perused around for some hobbies um, so I don't go crazy. So I got some yarn and I'm gonna learn how to knit my dog some sweaters and uh, I got some clay and I think I'm gonna make some people pots for Christmas. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everything's good. Things are fine. How about you, Veltri? Um, things are good. We are still operating, um, until future notice. Um, so yeah, to go sales have gotten really busy, but the weather's really starting to turn. So that outdoor dining is not exactly a pleasant experience. Um, but we're just gonna ride it out until uh, either the city shuts us down or we realize that it's not really uh, feasible anymore. Um, and I actually started looking for some new hobbies as well, but that entailed going to my mom's who is like borderline hoarder and collecting some things from her house and I'm gonna start selling them on Etsy. So right now my house is full of like weird clown figurines and a bunch of like Pyrex dishes that Clint was like, these are crap. And then I looked them up and they're actually worth a little bit of money. <laughs> well, shut it, Clint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he doesn't want to keep all of it, which is fair. <laughs> Jason, how are you doing? Uh, I'm pretty good, you know. I mean, relative to everything, just uh, trying to get this new restaurant open. Uh, we just need power and the uh, city's not really helping us with that, but it's okay. We'll get it soon. Uh, that's given us some time to get Nancy's up and running. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's been good. We're trying to build a patio outside there so we can get to a place where we're not uh, losing money every day, but we're, you know, we're, we're hopeful to get that done soon, but we're not really not super worried about it right now. We got a lot of other stuff on our plate. Uh, we pretty much have all of our employees working again. So uh, as soon as we open Tiny Champions. So we're not really worried about expanding our dining at Nancy's. It would be nice to have some outdoor space. So 
sure. but outside of work stuff, good. The weather's nice down here right now. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say, awesome. what's it like? What's the temperature uh, like? Uh, I think it's like 65 out there and sunny. Um, not to rub it in or anything, but <laughs> you know, uh, it was hot as hell when it was nice there. So you know, we just just the flip of you guys up there. So we're getting the good stuff right now. That's great. I love your Verity March shirt too. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah, I wore that for you. <laughs> I appreciate. It. I wear it so much. I've only had it for like two years, and it's already just like I'm wearing. I'm wearing it out, but. Yeah, it's it's a great shirt. I have one too. I love it. Uh, cool. Well, we just wanted to ask you a couple questions. Uh, you know, you you've been around in this industry for a long time. You've worked your way up from washing dishes. Uh, you've been in a couple different places doing this, opening a handful of restaurants, and you know, now with Nancy's in Houston, you've been doing pretty well for yourself. Um, so we just want to talk to you about your feelings on a more ethical work environment for your employees and the kind of things that you're that you value in building out your restaurants and what you think is important for the structure and safety and uh, of your employees and how you do that um so i just want to ask like what was your experience as a hospitality employee prior to opening your own business uh and did you have a mentor Oh, um, yeah. So like, I, I think I kind of searched for a mentor on, on the mentor part of that, um, a lot, but I, it's hard for me to say that I had a specific mentor. Just, I really feel like a lot of, a lot of people have, um, big impacts in little, little ways. Like I've had old, um, cooks that I worked with for like six months who have said things to me that really changed the tra trajectory of my uh, path, you know, just opening doors. Um, so I wish I had a mentor, <laughs> but every time I started to kind of look up to someone or really follow someone, they always seem to like fail me. Um, so I don't know. I feel I felt like I kind of went at it alone or with my peers around me in a lot of ways, sure. kind of like learning from the people who are right next to me, not necessarily someone who has like a shitload more experience than me. Um, as far as like my my experience before opening my own place was, um, I mean, it's pretty typical, I would think, um, just kind of worked worked through it um start like you said starting in dish and then kind of working my way up and obviously i had um oh, the privilege of being able to basically get kind of whatever job i wanted being a white male all i had to do was kind of show up and uh be be there you know every day and uh I could just move through the ranks. If I put my head down, uh, I could just like move, move through the restaurant eventually. Um, definitely typical environments that I worked in, just kind of male dominated machismo, like workaholic stuff, you know, like you just have to like put in the 14, 16 hour days. Um, don't complain and, you know, and, and, and you'll move through, um, yeah. So, I mean, I guess like, 
I, I worked for a couple of people who seemed to have like somewhat of a progressive mentality, but it would always come back to dollars in the end and profit. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, they would talk up front about what we should be doing or what we were going to do to take care of everybody and make like a better environment. But then um, they wouldn't really like put up the money for that. Um, so. Uh, yeah, is that kind of what you're looking for in my experience? <laughs> from, uh, <laughs> the industry? Like, I yeah. mean, it was just very typical. You know, I moved around. Like, I worked in a little restaurant here in Houston. I moved to San Francisco. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I got a job at um, A16, and then I worked at Michael Mina's. And again, like at that point, like I think I didn't even own knives as a cook. I like tried to take a knife from my roommates. Um, home stash <laughs> and one of my buddies was like you can't show up to work with that what are you doing uh but i still got into what uh, became like a two michelin star restaurant you know just yeah. for like showing up basically um which is kind of crazy cool i mean like so you've seen a lot then and you've been through a lot of places and like you're saying interacting with a bunch of different peers and learning from them but also seeing kind of like I feel like a lot of people have seen uh, restaurant ownership and leaders talking about these ideals that they want to execute. Like you were saying, when it comes time to actually uh, put up and do these things, they kind of back back down because the cost of it is too much or the putting the effort into it is too much. Uh, yeah. yeah, for sure. So are these some of the things that you had in mind when you were opening Nancy's and getting ready to open Tiny Champions? Yeah, a, bi a big thing that led to me wanting to do my own business would would really just be like um when i when i my main uh, job in chicago was working uh with hog salt you know kind of started before it was even a restaurant group and then um opened multiple places there and but i really loved the first restaurant the the team that i had at the first restaurant and then I got excited about a new one and got that open and built what I felt was like a fucking awesome team. And then my job became just fixing problems as, um, as they kept opening more and more restaurants, I just had to chase problems around and, um, I kind of lost touch with, uh, with a crew, you know, I got to the point where I had like 50 or 60 cooks or something between different stores. I think it was more than that. Um, and I couldn't connect with people that way. It wasn't, it wasn't fun anymore. You know, to me, it became kind of like punching the clock. I was being forced to be creative. It was like, I felt like I was getting whipped to come up with new dishes and be creative. Um, and then, yeah, I didn't get to enjoy that personal side with people. So opening Nancy's, I really just wanted to like have my crew back, you know, and, and see what we could like build together. Uh, and be around people that I love to work with every day. Um, and so owning my own place was, yeah, like thinking about that ability to squash bullshit, to not tolerate uh, things that I didn't like or work with people that I, I, I didn't um, enjoy being around. You know, I could just like, we could, we could just uh, get rid of any kind of bullshit. Um, so that's kind of what pushed me to open my own thing, you know, is I didn't want to have to answer to somebody else. else. Um, but I think as you learn, um, you still have to answer <laughs> to people, you know, <laughs> and like 
but then really what what has happened at nancy's and i think this is what um makes it great is that i just answer to the employees a lot you know like i just i defer to them i'm not trying to like skirt the responsibility but i hate being the i don't necessarily want to be the only one making decisions because if everyone else isn't happy with the decision that i made then i'm going to be working around a bunch of unhappy people uh, and that's like again that's like not what i want to do that's part of the reason I wanted to leave that environment of running six, seven restaurants where there was always people pissed off that weren't getting attention or weren't being heard or whatever. So, um, yeah, so that, that, that's kind of what pushed me to do Nancy's. It wasn't really about, oh, I want to cook this particular type of food or, you know, I want everyone to see my take on this cuisine. Um, it was more building a, a sustainable job for my for myself and the people, the, the crew that I didn't have at the time, but I knew that we would build. Um, I knew there were people out there who would want to work with me and appreciate having like a good, a good job. Um, a hard thing for working for other people too is the uncertainty in what happens next really like I have no idea are they going to resign the lease when it comes up or like you just it's hard to plan your future um, I wouldn't say that that's changed a ton owning my own place like I still I mean obviously COVID threw a giant wrench in, in any plans that we had there but um, so uncertainty is always there but I do feel better about my path um being able to control it a bit more so you, when you left chicago and you <clears throat> went back to houston and you were like okay like now is the time i'm gonna do this what were some of the like focal points for your structure at like nancy's hustle like what were some really important things to you like how you would lead a team but also like how you go about doing that? Like, what are some of your like ethos when it comes to opening up your own restaurant? Uh, definitely, I'd never ask anyone to do anything I won't do. And I don't, we don't just say that, like I just do the things a lot of times, right? So like, you can't just say, oh, I'll do anything if I have to. You actually have to like get on your hands and knees and crawl under the walk-in shelf and scrub behind that pole you know and that's just one example but i know it's like front of the house you guys have to deal with like the restrooms which get like super gnarly uh you know <laughs> no you guys know that from chicago um and you know it's it's that kind of stuff like not being hands off like i, I know that like if i put in the work if i'm there um with them sweating with them pushing with them grinding through service with them that they're gonna be happy to do it because it's hot and it's hard i mean we all know how like brutal it is mm -hmm. um, it, it can be especially in busy restaurants small restaurants like nancy's is and um you just have to you have to show up and do do that kind of you know that physical on the that's like on the physical side obviously um I mean, some other things that were important to just make it work is having a like-minded business partner that I think is something that people don't really always think about is like having someone um, that's willing to work with you and see things your way. I think a lot of people get into partnerships not 
for the right reasons, you know? Um, so I, I think really having a great, a great business partner when you go into uh, a new business, someone that sees things the way you see them, because if they, if they're not willing to invest in the people or to offer health insurance, or, I mean, it's a, it's a lot of money to do those things that you could easily just not do and save, you know? Um, so having someone that sees uh, the world like you do is, is also very helpful. Um, what else? I don't know. I mean, like, again, I think like going straight into Nancy's was just like, I'm just gonna put my head down and I'm just gonna do it, you know, and, and people will follow and we'll like build something together. I definitely lucked out again on like the people that I was able to surround myself with. Um, and then just listen to them like, uh, our, my new business partner was a pastry chef at Nancy's, Julia. Um, we asked her to be a part of the new restaurant because she just, she made herself so valuable at Nancy's. Like she would sit in the manager meetings and she's the one who made sure we got health insurance within like, I think 60 days of us opening. Uh, we weren't sure if we were able to afford it. We legally don't have to provide it here in Houston, but like she it was very important for her to get it done um and i didn't have the time to do it i'm terrible at that stuff I, like i i don't even know still don't even really know how my health insurance works you know so like i just said yeah if you can do it like if you'll put the work into getting it done like i'm i'm all for it you know um and she did it. So like, yeah, within 60 days, everybody had health insurance. Now we're opening a new spot. They're going to have it day one because of her work really, you know? Um, so I guess like surrounding myself with the right people. And I think some of that was luck. I, I just met her through a friend and then, uh, my other partner, Sean, uh, I've known him for years. So people are the crucial part. Don't you also think that like, it's less luck and it's more like probably your willingness to put in the work allows them to really like shine and want to do the work as well. Because that's something that I've noticed is like, I've always worked with people that are also like that mentality of like, I'm just going to do it. And then other people want to follow suit and like, will never say no to you because like you're right there with them. But when yeah. you, have somebody that's like yeah I could do that but like I'm the boss like you don't want to do shit for them so yeah like, yeah yeah that that makes a lot of sense yeah I do I do think that that is probably um has a lot to do with it yeah is making sure everyone's everyone's putting in the effort um for it so well, something that you said Jason when I got the pleasure of coming down there and uh eating at Nancy's is we were talking about uh, the process of you opening up Nancy's and your pastry chef came up then and you were talking about how she took the initiative um, to get health insurance but then you said something that really stuck with me and this is going to be weird because I'm going to like quote you and that's weird <laughs> but um, <laughs> you said that like this is the whole point like my the point of like me doing this is so like I eventually can create an infrastructure. So like the point is not to 
have my employees remain stagnant. The point for me is to like build an empire and watch these people grow. So you were like, after Nancy's, we're gonna open up another place because this woman is so talented, like she needs a space to shine. And for me, I feel like that was so inspiring, but also so refreshing to hear from a business owner because I feel like more times than not, that the reverse situation happens and you do make yourself so valuable to a person or a company that they make it challenging to leave because you are such an asset. Yeah. Um, so I feel like- Or even grow. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's way easier to just hold you in the position you're in. It takes work to train someone else, to find someone else. It's scary. But ultimately, I think people just got to understand that, like, it'll either way they're going to leave. Right. So, like, if they're you can all you can hold them down for a little while, but you can only offer someone so much money in a certain position. Um, yeah, it, it, either way, they're going to leave. you. So you might as well, if you like working with them, it's more about how do you keep working with them uh, is, is what I felt. And also, like. I'm, I don't know, I'm, I'm 35. I've been doing this for a little over 20 years. Uh, I don't want to do this like I've been doing it for another 20 years, really. Like I want it to morph into something else. Like I love cooking, but do I want to work 16 hour days still like grinding it out in the kitchen? Not really. I'd rather go into Julia's restaurant and have a great meal and not do anything, you know, or, <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know. I just like, it's like, there's a lot of joy in watching other people like do what they want to do. And then also being able to like enjoy the fruits of their labor and uh, be able to relax a little bit. Like I, the idea of being like the focal point of a, a quote unquote restaurant empire sounds miserable to me. Like I don't want to be in charge of businesses um, that are, somewhat difficult businesses to run in the first place you know so um but i i am um i do love restaurants and they're interesting so i do want to get a little bit out of out of different things you know like i don't want to do the same thing uh, every day for years so um yeah so anyways that's what that's what i think is like it makes so much sense to like let people move up through through the restaurant. And man, I guess it's funny that you bring it up right now because I, I actually have this situation right now with uh, Tiny Champions. Um, I have a cook down at Nancy's that really wants to do pasta. We're doing a lot of pasta at Tiny Champions, but she was the best fit for, my, for an AM sous chef and I really need her down the street at Nancy's to help um, to help run that place while I open the new restaurant. So I do feel like I'm kind of holding her there, but we did give her a promotion and she's learning new stuff and we're gonna move her through the restaurant. And I definitely have plans on offering her this position, but um, I think that that's a good spot for her. But it, it is interesting that you bring that up because I'm struggling with this mentally right now is like, she just really wants to make pasta. Um, and I have this position that I hired someone else for, and I feel like a shithead about it. <laughs> but they wouldn't have been able to do that job, and I didn't have anyone else that I thought was capable of stepping into the the sous chef role down there. So, well, maybe then it maybe it's 
maybe she just does the sous chef position now, like learns how to the logistics and more of like the behind the scenes management thing. And then eventually she can go off and make her pastas at, yeah. at another venue. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And I think that, I mean, and I guess there is just like, I try to have an open conversation about it. And I say, look, like this is, this is where I'm at. This is what's beneficial to me. I understand that it might not be what you want. So just tell me, you know, I just try to have an open conversation about it and not, um, I don't try to twist it or lie to her or be like, oh, this is going to be the best position for you, you know, like for your career path. It's like, no, I think this is not necessarily what you want to move into over that other job. Or you might see me hire this other person for a job you think you're uh, perfect for, but this is why I'm, I'm doing that. And it's more of a conversation than, you know, me just telling her what's up. Do you think that they, you have some things that when you were getting ready to open Nancy's that you thought needed to be a big part of what you guys were doing that you've, that you've gone away from now? Do you think that there's some things where you're just like, this doesn't work in what you're trying to do? Um, I mean, related to the, I guess related to the food a little bit, but, um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it was like a slow morph more than like, this doesn't work. We got to change, you know, um, we definitely just added a lot more people, you know, because it was busy and um, we got the cooks to four days a week because that's like what I felt was like a better, a better life for them to work, like have three days off a week and just work a couple more hours each day and they all like agreed to that we didn't start with that because that requires like a lot more cooks um on your on your payroll in general just to to fill all those shifts um but i don't know i'm having a hard time of thinking a hard time thinking of anything that i was just like you know uh because we went into it thinking that we would do like 60 covers uh on like a tuesday night or wednesday night and within like three weeks, we were doing no less than 150 covers on any night. And then within like a couple of months, we were doing no less than 220. And then our busiest night would be like 265. And that was like the most we could do. So we were almost maxed out every single night. Like we can do about 265, 270 covers out of the space. It's 80 seats, 2,500 square feet. So, um, so yeah, we were just like hanging on in the beginning, <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, we had one manager. Now we have like three or four in the front of the house, like, um, between like bartender, assistant manager. Uh, so really the main thing is like that we had to drastically change was that we can't just kill ourselves. Um, I was fight. I was like, um, not having great experience with my business partner because he was running in the front of the house. I was running the kitchen. I was there 16 hours a day, no bullshit, seven days a week because we were closed one day. So, uh, and he was doing about the same. So we kind of like started to hate each other and uh, we just hired more people so we could have more time to, to chill out. Um, and I guess one of the recent things that I've thought that I've had to change, um, and this was really actually just coming to fruition right before COVID, um, is I realized that I had to remove myself 
from any high stress positions in the restaurant, right? Because I would still expedite a um, couple nights a week or float um, a couple nights a week. And I tried to stay in it. And then I was like, man, this is like incredibly unfair to save my new little baby food runner who has to not only deal with the chef who is a lot of stress uh, running expo, that person is also the owner of the restaurant. So they're like, I was like, man, I can, even if I'm not like um, being aggressive or anything, it's, it's just kind of like a monster to deal with, I would imagine, right? So I'm trying to like move myself to a position of low stress in the rest in the actual restaurant during service so that I can be more just support. I can be the person that's like helping you when you need help. Uh, not the person you have to go like ask for another salad because you forgot to ring it SOS or whatever, <laughs> you know, like, well, whatever it is. I don't know if that makes sense. I think like, I, sure. like having that dual role was um, I felt unfair to the team. Well, I think that's, I think that's a valuable thing to recognize because I think so many people see people getting caught up in like the, the chef artist kind of thing, the struggling artists and they have, they're prone to these anger outbursts because this is their representation. And, you know, they look at the restaurant as a representation of just them and not the team that's involved in it. And I think it's great that you can take that step back and be like, this is about the team. This is about everyone who's involved in this. Yeah, I don't like the spotlight, so that's kind of easy for me. I'm like, just, <laughs> you know, I'd rather my name not really be on it. But, um, you know, they got to talk about somebody. So. <laughs> well, like talking with your restaurant getting busier as you opened, it seems like you've had a, a big impact on the, the community down there in Houston. Are you pretty actively involved down there? Oh man, we should be way more. I am actually not to be totally honest. Um, in, in some, in some ways. So like I, again, am not super social until I get to really know people. Um, so like, I don't do events. I don't go to like promotions. I'm not going to do the truffle dinner or, you know, like, I just like, don't care about that stuff. My focus is on my, like our restaurant, our team, getting them the things they need first is like, what's so much more important to me than going and rubbing elbows with other people. I know there's a lot of good work being done and that's where I know I can be a lot better. Um, there's in the beginning, it was really like the work we have to do is at our space, not elsewhere, you know? Um, but then, yeah, over time, as we got comfortable, we started doing more pop-ups, fundraisers. Um, if anybody has a cause that they want to support, we're definitely down to like do a pop-up. We donate a lot of the money or we usually try to donate all the money because um, we're pretty thif thrifty when it comes to making food. Um, lots of breads. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know, we definitely need to be doing more. And again, um, Julia is really great at um, kind of pushing us to do that stuff. And then we also have some other employees who are just like, well, you know, have really good ideas about how we can, we can get involved. But again, it's not really, I'm not, we're not 
super intertwined with the culinary or the other restaurant community here. We are kind of an island um, on our own, you know. Um, for one, the neighborhood that we're in is kind of a bit away from everybody else. Uh, and two, I just, I'm just not that interested. <laughs> I don't know what to say, uh, if that makes sense. I'm just like, I'm excited about what we're doing and the things that we care about and our team. I mean, there's enough people here to like support and work with and, and do things with. So. Um, that being said, we need to do more for things outside of the restaurant kind of like group and just just for just for other other people, other causes. Um, so we, we need to do work there again. I mean, I think I think you're right, though, like you do have a large group of people that you support through through your restaurants. You know, I, I don't think it necessarily is a, a bad thing that you're spending your time focusing inward and you have a huge staff to take care of and support and nurture and grow. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely try to fill needs when people come to us or whatever. I'm just not, again, I'm not like super outgoing. I don't really do much uh, outside of the kitchen. That's obviously changing a little bit these days, but um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I do, I'm good at what I'm good at, you know? What <laughs> <So, laughs> I, I admire that mentality because I feel like more times than not, we're told that like, you have to play the game. Like you have to do these things. You have to be social um, and like, you know, get in the right room to make things happen for you, like in the long run. And I think that's also something that I've always admired from you because we got to work together briefly is I was like, this guy doesn't give a fuck about any <laughs> of this stuff. He just like, and I feel like Jason's being extremely humble. Like he's made some of the staples of Chicago. I won't say mm -hmm. what staples, but they're still being, uh, people are still lining up to get these uh, staples every day. So you're really down to guy that makes really good food. Um, and I'm happy that that's translating in Houston, especially uh, with your team, because I feel like uh, more often than not, people in our industry get wrapped up in the superficial stuff and really forget about what's important. So it feels like your priorities are in line and I wish that other business owners would follow suit. Yeah, and yeah Mag. I, I, I do think that it's like a bit unfair a lot of times to like, no, I don't want to say just chefs, it's bartenders, it's anyone who's asked to do all these things. It's like, that's not, I mean, that's not what I signed up for. I'm uncomfortable, it's not good for me i don't feel good i don't want to do that shit. so being forced to do it doesn't seem right and the same thing goes for like our team like i'm not going to force them to do events and do things they have to be like passionate about it and want to do it and lead it um yeah because again yeah i don't know i'm just like uncomfortable doing that stuff so now i'm definitely at the point where i'm like no i'm just not going to do it um, if I don't feel like doing, if I want to hide in my, you know, kitchen or like not talk to anybody today, like that's totally fine. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. 
Matt, Max I'm going to go rogue on a question. Is that okay? Sure. Yeah, do whatever you want. Uh, Jason, <laughs> what are some of the like mental health challenges that you've encountered, whether that be like with yourself or maybe some members of your staff that you've you've had to deal with either as a leader or by yourself while opening um, a restaurant? Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, they're every day and ongoing and, um, we're actually trying to talk about it more and more as a management team to kind of normalize it in our restaurant and talk about it in our pre-shifts, like all the time, just to, to normalize it. Um, we, yeah, I don't know. I mean, for me with, uh, like with COVID, you know, obviously it was pretty awful. You know, we were watching it kind of like come in across the country and obviously Houston wasn't really reacting um, or the, you know, a lot of cities in the South weren't really reacting as Chicago and New York. And um, anyways, yeah, just that, that was super tough. I mean, I get, I, I, I think I cried for the first time in like five years, which is also a problem <laughs> um, when that shit hit because I realized all of my friends across the country everywhere was totally screwed. Like everybody I knew was totally screwed. Um, anyways, yeah, sorry. Um, we, I mean, we, 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 there's definitely still burnout with cooks. I mean, and, 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 and employees like Nancy's very busy, right? So like it can be very mentally taxing and stressful for people walking into that environment. We we try to give them plenty of time um, to work into it, plenty of support. Uh, we do massive training uh, for 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 them, uh, especially for the front of the house. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's I guess it's the same as every other restaurant. You just um, sorry, I'm trying to think of like specific mental health challenges uh, without talking about specific people. Um, you know, uh, I mean, I, I guess I'm constantly stressed as like an owner. Um, I wasn't sure if we're going to make it. I'm still not sure if we're going to make it um, through through all of this, but I think we'll be okay. Um, I mean, I, I, I just, I, I guess I'm really bad about dealing with it myself still right now. Um, I just have tons of anxiety and I bought a motorcycle and I just ride that <laughs> now <laughs> to try to cope with it. Um, I couldn't sleep for a while, et cetera. Um, and I don't know, I think our whole team is just like experiencing that. Like when COVID first hit too, it was like every, sorry, this is what I was trying to say earlier. We watched all you guys starting to shut down and there was no mandate to shut in Houston. We decided to close before any kind of government city mandate in Houston. We were looking at New York and Chicago. And then I was looking at my team, like, freak the fuck out in pre-shifts like they didn't know what was happening they you know every they were terrified they were like breaking down almost starting to cry so i said okay we're not opening like tonight will be our last night like our last service 
was a Sunday in March. Um, and then like two days later, they mandated that all restaurants close. Um, so that, I mean, that's been an ongoing challenge through this whole thing, you know, we closed for about a month and then we started doing to go and I mean, people just have a lot of anxiety about everything uh, right now. Um, so the things that we do, we just try to check in on people all the time on a personal level. Um, we've started to put together a um, kind of a resource page uh, for people for like local, local things that they can do. I mean, just even like, um, outdoor yoga classes and like different like physical activities that they can go do and we're also trying to get managers to sign up for stuff like that or just people to lead it and say like hey i'm gonna go on a bike right here and just try to get a couple people to go get outside be physical do things outside of work because i feel like everyone's just like watching the news and they're going to work watching the news and going to work and like waiting for this to be over and working through it um yeah and uh i mean we're just really open with time off too it's just like we've started to talk about that more it's like if you just need a day just take a day like we we like kind of as a policy don't really ask questions about if a cook is like i need to uh i need to take the day off or whatever like i'm not gonna dig into them it's just like cool we'll figure it out over here um sorry I really lost it on that one. The bogey card got me. No, uh, it's all good. I mean, it's it's you know, I mean, it's it, not something that we normally talk about all the time, or it is more so now. But I feel like even to, a couple of years ago, normalizing and talking about mental health in hospitality was something that we never talked about because there's that whole mentality of we're strong, we're tough, we do this, that old chef mentality yeah. you're saying of working 16 hour yeah. days and not complaining. But then what's your home life like? What do you do after exactly. work? Are you just going to the and bar that's... and drinking all night and then waking up and doing it again and angry because you're hungover and tired and mentally strung so thin that you snap at every single thing? Yeah, and that's like something that I've come to realize as an owner, even more so, I think that like way more than I did before was like, just what's going on in everyone's life outside of work, you know, like, um, I definitely have cooks who live with their parents and take care of their sisters, you know, like that take care of their family. So not only are they working 12 hour shifts, um, 10 to 12 hour shifts, you know, um, they have to go home and like take care of their, their sister and then wake up at six in the morning and take her to school. And it's like they have zero time for themselves. And so trying to be better, definitely trying to be better about like recognizing that stuff and understanding um, people have other shit going on in their life. Yeah. You know, like um, so they forgot to ring it no nuts or whatever <laughs> you know like <laughs> so what they fucked up a pasta it's like get the fuck over it um you, there's so much more happening uh in the world than, than that you know that's not to say i still i don't you know i'm just a fucking peach on on the past <laughs> but um i am I feel like from my time in Chicago to what we're, to what we're doing here is drastically 
different my approach to the staff for for those reasons you know um and sorry go ahead no, no. Uh, I was going to say that the last couple of months have really like made me start to think about it for myself even more, you know, because it's it's kind of easy to look at other people and say, okay, maybe they're struggling. What can I do to help them? And then recently, I'm like, oh well, you're yeah. What the hell are you doing? You know, well, yeah. what's going on for you too, right? I don't know the answer to that yet. <laughs> I don't think anyone does, but we're all trying to figure it out. Yeah. Um, so from what you've said, it seems like you have a pretty good relationship with your team and like you're close with them. What I've come across the last few years, like, especially, you know, working with support staff and just trying to be more vocal about like normalizing mental health and like communicating with staff and with management and like knowing more about the people that you spend every day with there's like the old world mentality of hospitality where it's like people are like well how do you ask those questions without like I don't know like crossing the line of HR and like being invasive and I totally understand that concern so like what advice would you have to those people that are like really trying to like play it by the book and like make sure that they're not getting a lawsuit on their hands for trying to ask somebody if they're okay <laughs> yeah yeah for sure so I mean I think we come across that a, a lot because we're trying to talk about these things um and we're not professionals with that stuff right so we're yeah we're always worried we're gonna say the wrong thing or um yeah yeah do the wrong thing um I don't know I think you just got to do it don't be a jerk about it and you know just just I mean it's really just seeing if they need anything like at all and let them open up to you if if they want to uh if you notice that they need like you can see it in people's work right like if you're paying attention you can see it in them you can see it in how they're interacting they're different than they normally are I mean just go ahead and give them a day off like if you feel like it's not okay to approach them specifically about it, then just schedule someone to take their, just like at, make sure they're okay losing the shift. And then uh, first, and then just be like, hey, you've been working your butt off. I wanna get you an extra day off. Um, I got, you know, X person to cover your shift next week if you're down. Um, I, I think things like that, you know, and then if I, I generally if they want to talk about it if you make the time to pull them aside and just kind of check in with them see how they're doing like if they want to talk about it they're going to open up to you and then you know that's an open door i think uh, to kind of go from there but that is definitely a struggle um learning to not say you seem pissed off what's going on you know like that's like not um the right the right way to approach it um i think more looking at it from like yeah not pointing out that you're noticing anything really even really just like just be there just be supportive without even saying anything about it uh, if that makes sense i think just like be available be around don't ask, hey, do you want me to close for you? Just close for them. Like, just do it, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so. And I think I think all those little things are really important for, for managing the burnout of your crew and managing and keeping them happy and, and healthy. Like, it's, it's something that, you know, 
you and I have gone through in, in back of house in a different way than the Christina's have gone through in front of house stuff. You know, it's a, it's a different game. It's, you know, there's a lot of emotion and mentality up in front and there's a lot of physicality in the back and they're both hard and difficult. And I don't think for a long time, there was any kind of focus on how do we keep people from completely burning out on this? And so it, it's good that there's starting to be a change towards that. Yeah, I mean, a, a burnout cook is worthless, you know, like, <laughs> I'd rather have you three days a week or two days a week and like a good, um, good spirits and having fun and, you know, like, uh, then to have you five days a week and you'd be miserable. It's just, it's mm -hmm. so short sighted. And I feel like the whole industry has always been so short-sighted and basically like people are disposable you know you just like go from one to the next to the next it's fine they'll quit someone else will come along um but i think like big companies would tell you that that's the dumbest way to approach it right like sure. longevity and employees is uh generally more financially stable for you you know you spend a lot less money on training and waste and whatnot and yeah i mean we have like I don't know, uh, five cooks still from like opening day at Nancy's, um, you know, most of the ones that opened the place. Um, and then we've had a couple come through and, and, and leave, but well, the longevity of our, our staff there is, has been pretty, pretty amazing. Uh, and I can, I mean, from my experience, it's incredibly valuable. Um, but doesn't, doesn't that make you feel better and happier that you're growing and learning with these people and like, you know, you spend all this time there. It's nice to have these people that are, you spend more time within your family that become your family. Yeah, it definitely puts the pressure on uh, to do, to give them opportunities, you know, uh, to, to make sure they have growth uh, opportunities and that they're still learning and stuff, which is good. So that puts pressure on me to make sure we're changing up the menu, doing new techniques and, and, and continue to push the restaurant forward. Um, uh, but yeah, it, it, it's been really nice. I feel fortunate um, to have people like that sticking around, you know. Uh, well, I mean, we kind of we kind of touched on it a little bit or a lot of bit, but uh, to go back to kind of what's happening and has been happening for the past eight months, uh, and we've talked about it a couple times, but obviously you've changed a lot of how you operate. Uh, have had to change a lot of how you operate uh, down at Nancy's with COVID happening. Um, have, are there any things that you've learned from how you've changed your operational style that you think you would want to carry forward with you? Uh, I definitely don't want to do to go ever again. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> tired of it, but it's okay. If that's what is what, you know, works, that's what works. Uh, no, um, I think just pushing forward with more personal time for everybody, right? Like we, mm -hmm. um, before we were offering managers got four weeks of paid vacation a year. Um, and, but we, we would only let them take like 10 days at a time. So minimum. Um, I want, I would like to extend that to like the whole team, right? Like, um, just more time for ourselves, less hours at work, higher pay. I can, I'm not saying I can do that. You know, like we, we definitely, um, have work to do on increasing people's pay rate, 
um, and just benefits all around. Um, but yeah, I, I think just, yeah, definitely having more time. Like I've had more personal like time to, uh, hang out with my partner, which has been fucking awesome. Um, that would be great. I don't want to go back to not being able to do that. You know, like I don't want to go back to those. I'm going to have to, when we open this uh, new restaurant for a little bit, but the goal will be within like a month or two to get back to having, you know, an eight to 10 hour day. Sounds, sounds pretty awesome. You know, um, two days off a week was just not something that I did uh, before and having two full days off in a row was pretty special. Um, so yeah, that's something that I'd like to, to carry over. Um, other than that, I mean, I, I feel like we were really down a path of like talking about mental health, talking about um, inclusion, um, trying to act on those things. This might like, kind of jumpstart us a little bit more as well. You know, I think we talk about the, each other and how we're feeling and we check in on each other even more than we did before. So I, I'd like to, I'd like to keep that up, you know? Um, yeah. So I don't know, this time sucks. So there's not a whole lot that I want to keep from it. <laughs> I, I want to admit that that was my question because yeah. I agree that this time sucks but I also think that there are some cool things like the idea of tables not being two inches apart like mm -hmm. for me I'm like whoa that's so nice that like we're not just like people <laughs> in and I know that it's like not necessarily the most financially viable option for all businesses but like Dude, when you have to like yeah. get on the table and like you're basically knocking over the table next to you, that's like shitty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and that makes sense. Like I I guess like I don't see it the same way as everyone else. So yeah, that's like super interesting to to hear. Um I've always thought that crammed restaurants were cool, you know, and fun and like a good vibe to be in but I've never been a, um, a server, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I mean, I mean it, it is still cool because, you know, that's more people to <laughs> help me pay my bills, but yeah, yeah. Um, I think that like, but is it, um, is it, from the guest it, perspective. Yeah, and is it physically safe, uh, right? You know, like moving in a space like that. Uh, yeah, so I, I can totally see that for sure. Or like something that I'm positively taking away from COVID that like maybe my employer might not think it's positive, but um, the customer is not always right. And the customer does not get to be a bully. So especially like throughout this COVID times, like I am the least guest minded I've ever been. Um, and I'm the type of person who will go like above and beyond for that experience, but not at the expense of my staff and their mm -hmm. well-being. Um, so especially like throughout COVID, I've noticed that I don't know if it's because people have been like inside and they're just like pent up and they feel like they can be an asshole to anyone. But like my tolerance is minimal and like I feel like now more so than ever. Um, it is about my staff and how they feel and how they're being treated. And 
like a customer is a dime a dozen, we can get another guest, but I can't like, so it's my job as the manager to control this environment more so than ever and make sure that my staff is happy and I care more so about my staff and less about the con the consumer. And I feel like that has been a huge, not saying that I didn't care about my staff because I've always cared about my staff greatly, but I've never been so direct with the clientele of just like, you can leave right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I support that 100%. I mean, and I feel like we were, you know, we were kind of always, always like that with, you know, the second someone started, like, if you were to cuss, at, like, at any point, our servers felt uncomfortable, they knew that they could just come to us. And like, we would just tell the person to leave like we didn't. Yeah. Uh, and that, that would be nice to see more places like if there was any hint of harassment. Uh, of any kind it was just an immediate like we'll we'll deal with it you know yeah um, i think yeah, there's I don't... the fact that like people kind of want to be kept in line like guests like want that idea that they're always right but then like as soon as you are like no they like turn into a child and they're like oh i'm so sorry and like I'm not saying everything has to be sarcastic service, but there's a reason why that like blunt sarcastic service was so popular for a long time because like people want to be told how it is. Yeah. And like, I think that more people are going to react and change rather than like leave and be like, don't ever go to this place. Like it's terrible. They told yeah. me I was being a dick because I was being a dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I don't think, I mean, I don't really get it. I think managers are just like scared to get in trouble from their bosses, the owners of the restaurant. And they, yeah, this mentality that the guest is always right. And, oh, that server's overreacting, you know, whatever the guest is like in a bad mood, it's fine. And um, obviously, you know, I'm like, if someone's like a little rude, cool, let's try to, let's try to win them over. That's what we're here for. Maybe they had a shitty day. They just need a cocktail in their hand. They get, need a snack. Right. Um, but if they're just a fucking dick, then, you know, like give it right back to them or we're just going to ask them to leave. Like, yeah, it's not even worth it again. Like, just like, I want to be around working around people that I like, I want to be around guests and, you know, I don't have to align with you on everything, but just, just be a nice fucking person. I want to be around a bunch of assholes. So, um, yeah, it's pretty easy to just be like, yeah, we're not going to tolerate that. You know, I, I think like it was it's funny because I feel like it was easier before when we were packed uh, every night with like a line to get in. It's like, okay, well, yeah, we're, we're definitely not tolerating that. You get, you know, um, but I guess it's the same. And then on your guys' side, I'm sure. Yeah. I hear you, Christina, uh, that it's like uh, probably easier to be blunter about it. Like I'm not going to put up with this shit. Um, which I think is totally fair. We we definitely experienced that when we were doing to go a lot. And part of the reason we wanted to stay closed longer um, is because I didn't want to be in a fight with my guests about masks, about whatever, just about what we were doing. And I felt like opening, because I don't even remember if Texas ever shut restaurants completely um, I know we closed for like a month and then I think we were at like 50% capacity here. 
Um, but we didn't, we say we just did to go for like three or four months or something like that. Um, cause I didn't want it to be a fight, you know, and then we just reopened about a month ago and it's been pretty, it's been pretty good. You know, we've had a couple of people try to wear like a mesh face mask or something and we just stop them right at the door and it's no like, Hey, this is our policy. It's like, no, put a mask on or that's it. You know, like it's, it's not, we're not, I don't have time for you fucking child. Uh, yeah. I think that, that kind of attitude has been a bit easier uh, to, to give to the, to the guests. Yeah. You know? But most of, we're lucky. Most of our guests have been, re- you know, really awesome um, for the, for the most part. Uh, so this question is kind of broad. We've kind of talked about a lot of things that relate to it, but um, in a perfect world, what does the future of hospitality look like to you? Oh, um, would it be socialist? I don't know. <laughs> um, employee owned, basically, mm-hmm. or like for sure. like total profit sharing kind of situation uh, for like the big one. <laughs> Um, I don't know the future of hospitality. Definitely. I want the, um, large restaurant groups to die and never come back. Uh, this idea yes. that a couple mainly white men, um, know everything there is to know about all kinds of cuisines, um, produces a lot of crappy restaurants, um, a lot of unhappy employees, um, and it produces higher rent for everybody else. Um, you know, the idea of me opening a restaurant in Chicago was um, really difficult to wrap my head around. Like, how do I compete with, um, you know, Rich Melman and the Boca Group and Brendan Sotokoff and like, they just like gobble up all the property mm-hmm. and they, ha- they had been. And what's unfortunate is they're gonna do it again. Um, the, you know, the the, the last boom that I feel like we saw obviously is like right after I moved to, or uh, I moved to Chicago right after the recession. Um, and that's when those groups all started kind of like forming a couple of years after that, they opened a restaurant gastro pub and it was fucking busy. And then they just kept going and going and going and eating up all the property. So that's something I'd love to see die. I don't know how we, how we kill that, but more independent restaurants that don't turn into giant, giant restaurant groups. Um, uh, what else? Yeah. I mean, just, yeah, more time off, like all the stuff we've been talking about, mm-hmm. just like more personal time, more like in treating your employees like humans. I don't, you know, we personally just totally boycott places that don't, do that you know if we know they treat their people like shit or there was an instance where they did and they didn't take care of something um that they should have like we just don't go there we don't support them um you know and that's also kind of part of why i am not super involved with other restaurants because you know a lot of people have a lot of shit in their closet so uh, i'd rather not hang out with them um yeah what else yeah, I don't know. I just want smaller independent restaurants run by, um, you know, just awesome fucking people making making a life for themselves and uh, figuring out how how to make it work. 
I, it's weird to say, but like, I feel like it's possible. You know, like, it's a lot more possible than people make it seem, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you listen to all these big celebrity chefs and restaurateurs, and all they do is bitch and moan and cry about how fucking hard it is to make a dollar in a restaurant um, as they continue to open more and more fucking restaurants. Like, if it was so and, hard, then why would you keep doing it? And it's just like, and underpaying their staff and overcharging for food and yeah and it's just like and then it's just like woe is me it's so fucking hard the profit margin's so slim et cetera, et cetera. that's like all you hear from them all the time when they ask you know when they get asked about opening a restaurant or what it's like or whatever um i feel like it's all bull that's bullshit i'm not trying to downplay like the difficulties of it and especially for someone um, that is not privileged like myself, that it's harder to get a bank loan or it's harder to get investors um, or even just get a rent deal somewhere. You know, I'm not trying to downplay like how hard and how much work has to be put into that. But I also think that like you, I get, yeah, I just think it is possible to do, to make a better restaurant, you know, make it function better, provide insurance, do the things like, I think all the things I was told about how we can't afford that, we can't do that is a lot of it's fucking bullshit. And I Mm -hmm. you guys know it from like the people you see and they're fine to buy a, you know, $2,000 vintage uh, Campari sign to hang in their bar, but they can't afford, you know, yeah. A better staff meal or or whatever it is. Yeah. Or staff meal at all. Yeah. Or, you know, any of the things that are like the bare necessities of applying for a different kind of job are struggles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I don't know those kinds of things. Um, And and, and I'm not saying that we're obviously like we have a long ways to go ourselves. Right. Like there's a lot of things I would like to continue to progress at with uh, at Nancy's and hopefully Tiny Champions. Do you want to tell us really quickly about Tiny Champions? Uh, yeah, sure. We, uh, yeah, it's going to be mainly a pizza, pizza spot. And, um, you know, you've heard it a million times, pizza, pasta, salad, breadsticks. Um, it's, uh, we're, we got this really cool spot that's, um, just a couple blocks from Nancy's. So I wanted something that would, if we were going to do another thing, like I didn't want to drive across town for it, you know, like I wanted to be able to walk from one to the other. I wanted the two restaurants to be able to have staff mill together. Um, and Nancy's was so small and got like so maxed out really quickly. This place has a lot of room to grow. It's got a big yard outside and stuff. So, um, we're really excited about that. So, um, yeah, pizza um we're gonna eventually do our own charcuterie and stuff mainly so that we can get whole animals so i can sell the expensive cuts to nancy's down the street and then we can make um charcuterie and sausages and stuff for here um and then yeah the extruded pasta and a bunch of vegetable dishes we're not really doing any um what i think is like different about our approach to it is we're not doing like typical entrees like there'll be no chicken dish there'll be no pork no you know big steak uh, none of that it's just pizza pasta and then a lot of uh vegetables to go with that um 
so yeah and then we're kind of trying to focus a bit on fermentation in really small but impactful ways right like um just to add flavors right so if we're going to do like a cabbage salad we're going to put sauerkraut in it more than likely um our pizza sauce we're fermenting 50 percent of it um and then mixing it and like you can't really taste it i think uh as far as like you're not gonna pick it out and be like oh this is fermented like it just adds this kind of like background flavor so um we've been doing a lot of that stuff at nancy's for a while and we're really trying to apply it to like something really approachable here you know so not necessarily going to talk about it a lot just kind of like to add like flavors and give us some fun stuff to do in the, in the back so um yeah that's i don't know i think that's it we got a big yard we got a little <laughs> building next door i want to open a cocktail bar in it someday um that's kind of my my gonna be hopefully my side project i'd like to learn how to bartend a little bit more um so i can uh run like one shift a night over uh over there um you know i'd like to do like one food item and like three cocktails one of those will probably be like a beer and a shot combo <laughs> <laughs> you know and then maybe a highball uh, <laughs> yeah um but anyways yeah so i think is what else about this place let's say it, we're gonna have an awesome staff we have an amazing team and and i, I will say that like um we it's been pretty unbelievable the response to us like like to um the new restaurant and who's involved in it and um like when people would come uh to interviews they're just like we've just heard that you guys are amazing to work for like and then we just kept hearing that over and over again oh my friend works at nancy's and says you guys are just the best to work for um over and over again so it pays off too like it you know we have zero problem staffing this restaurant um maybe covid has something to do with that and people being out of work um but the response was the same over and over again you know we just oh we hear you guys are great to work for uh we love nancy's really just want to work somewhere that um i don't get treated like shit which is sad that it was like that was like the over and over you know response so that's Tiny Champions. Hopefully, a place where you don't get treated like shit, <laughs> unless you're in. Uh, I yes. left now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'll be asking my partner tonight if he'd like to move down to Houston. Um, <laughs> just that out there. I'm ready. I got a tiny building for a cocktail bar. Um, I'll really teach you how to bartend. You teach me how to cook. Okay. Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When when can I come stage, Jason? Um, as soon as you send me a negative COVID result, um, great. <laughs> and, and you show up anytime. Perfect. Um, hopefully, we'll be open in like two to three weeks. But we have some power, just not enough power. So. You guys well, have any other questions? Do you, do you have any questions for us? um man that probably would have been a good thing to think about before <laughs> <laughs> um 
No, not really. I mean, I really like what you guys are doing. I mean, I guess, how would you um, suggest that I use your resources for my team? Like, just give them the website or like, what, what do I do? So COVID, fortunately for us, um, has moved all of our resources to a more digital platform so it's less chicago focused and more nationally focused so um we do have like on our website there's a map that's just very chicago specific but on our resource page is all of the national resources that's available to anyone in the united states um and then we're also starting like our educational platform not only for like ownership and management, but also for hourly employees. And that drops um, at the beginning of December. And every week we'll have like a nice educational video of like everything related to mental health. We kind of start easy, like what is mental health? How do we address it? How do we talk about it? Things like that. So um, those resources are all available. I feel like we need to do a better job at like getting those out into the world. But if you ever have like anything that's more like specific or dialed in and like uh, employee related, um, we're yeah. always here to help. And we have a pretty large network now of uh, mental health professionals, not only in Chicago, but around the United States that are virtual. <laughs> um, they're uh, helping out virtually as well. So whether that be like somebody doesn't even know how to start to get therapy, they'll help and introduce you to a place. They'll give you the steps. If it's substance abuse and addiction, we have an online partner that's available in all states and they're 24 seven. So luckily like our resources are available to you guys in Houston. And if there's something that you're looking for that we don't provide, just let us know and we'll find it. Cool. Yeah, we, we, we just want to give them as many options as possible. So yeah, that would be that would be awesome. We're also like in uh, the beginning of January, if you wanted to include this, like for your staff, we're doing a bunch of digital um, fitness things and nutrition and things like that, because it's like new year, new you. And, uh, you know, so all all of those things. So it's not just like, mental health and physicians. It's also like other things that can help re alleviate stress. And sometimes yeah. therapy doesn't work for everyone. So yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. Um, well, I don't think I have other questions. I wish I could come hang out in Chicago. <laughs> so I, I mean, it'd be the same as this. It'd just be, it'd be a Zoom call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't want to be in Chicago right now. The air yeah. is cold. <laughs> it's pretty crazy right now. They're saying like one in yeah. people have COVID. Is that for real? I saw that. I saw that yesterday. It's like, holy so God. if you have like a Thanksgiving gathering of 10 people, the odds of you getting COVID are 58%. Yeah. That's yeah. Fucking crazy. It is. So maybe we'll come to Houston instead. We can be outside. Yeah, I'm guessing we're not <laughs> far behind, but yeah. What what's the I guess can I if we got five minutes, can I ask what you guys were doing? What was the kind of protocol for testing and stuff for employees working in dining restaurants? Is any was anybody working? Was that just you? 
um, at Malta Verde working at a dine-in restaurant? Yeah, um, so <laughs> yes. We also, we don't have to talk about that. Yeah, I think I was the one that was working at a dine-in restaurant and we didn't require testing, you know, like if anybody was feeling sick, we would of course like tell them to not yeah. come. Um, and then anybody that did get tested positive would take the proper quarantine. Yeah, I mean, I can't yeah. really think of okay. any anybody I know in Chicago saying that their job required testing for work. Yeah. Cool. All right, we're just, you know, we'll all doing to figure this out. We're fortunate enough to have the free testing around the corner. So we just, everyone gets tested every seven days. Um, so that's like- The one thing that, sorry. Have to I, send um, the one thing that Monteverde did do that was really helpful is they do provide, um, originally they were providing KN95 masks for staff, which um, significantly decreases the amount of transmission. After we had um, one case that was with a front of house employee. So then we had to like quarantine our, like basically our entire front of house staff because of how they work together. Um, we switched to using N95 masks um, because there it's like even lower. There's like a 99%, um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So um, everybody is required to wear N95 masks, but the one thing that like, I really want to encourage for anybody working in a restaurant is to just like, invest in at the very least a KN95 mask because you can get a pack of like 20 for not very much and it's so much better than just like wearing a bandana or a homemade mask and yeah. um, just especially like front of house well I mean actually both because back of house like works on top of each other but front of house is like faced yeah. with the general public so yeah uh, huh. That's a that's a good <laughs> that's a good point. We haven't we have not. I mean, we try to keep everybody apart, but again, Nancy's is pretty small, so it's uh, nearly impossible to keep people away from each other. Um, but yeah, that's a good point. I'm definitely going to bring that up. That maybe we should have people switch to the N95s if they're available. The N95s are really uncomfortable. Like that's the one thing. It's okay. like especially if it's. Like the summer was brutal. It was <laughs> very hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but here I have, um, these are the KN95s and they're like almost, they're not that far behind the N95s. It's just, these are, I think from like China. So the CDC yeah. doesn't see them as like as effective and they are slightly thinner, but like they're very comfortable. You look like a duck when you wear them. <laughs> and like I said, I bought this pack of them for like, I don't know, maybe like 20 or 25 bucks. And okay, yeah. I've been They're about a dollar a mask. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But like, that's, that's worth it. So much more protection than just like a cloth mask. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, it's easy enough for me to kind of pose it to everybody and see what they see what they think. So. Anybody else have any other questions? No. Mags, do we want to talk about Giving Tuesday? Oh, so yeah, to everybody, thank you, Matt. <laughs> Woo! So, hello. For everybody listening, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Something exciting that we have coming up is our Giving Tuesday campaign. Um, so that is in the beginning of December. If you want to follow us on Please Hustle Responsibly um, on Instagram, we have a, we're doing like a telethon style fundraising thing. So it's going to be hours of a bunch of interviews of industry professionals, some community organizers. We have live uh, comedy show. We have like four comedians coming on. So um, feel free to check that all out and hit up our Instagram. That is um, in the beginning of December. So keep your eyes peeled because uh, Giving Tuesday. And then we also have our educational platform that is launching December 1st as well. So lots of exciting things. And uh, if you have any questions for us, please always do not hesitate to reach out. Um, our email address is info at pleasehustleresponsibly.org. Well, Jason, thank you so much for being with us today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. I feel uh, I feel special. Uh, <laughs> great talking. It was great talking to you guys. I hope um, I don't know. I hope something's useful from it, and I'd love to do it again in the future. <laughs> if there's anything anything else to talk about, I'm sure there is. We would love to have you back. And happy to uh, hear that everything's going great with you down in Houston. And we're excited to see uh, what happens with the new place. Thanks. <laughs> Sorry, I kind of lost connection for a second, obviously. <laughs> All right, well, you guys have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much, Jason. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Bye.